Today's episode is brought to you by the Ringer NBA Show. Each week, Chris Vernon talks to players, coaches, and basketball experts about everything happening in the NBA. You can subscribe to the Ringer NBA Show by going to iTunes.com slash The Ringer or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show. My name is Robert Mays. I'm a writer at The Ringer. And sitting, again, very close to me in an Indianapolis hotel room is Kevin Clark. Yeah, he, Danny was on the couch with me yesterday. Now. Kevin is sitting in the desk chair. Arms length. With reasonable foot distance. on the ottoman. Yeah, it's, it's, it's far enough. I'm not upset about it. I saw a coin toss today. Is that what you want to talk about first? The coin toss the is the most important thing The best coin toss since No Country for Old Men. <laughs> 14th pick versus 15th pick. And now here's how they set it up. The NFL make like 13 billion dollars a year or whatever and the reason they do it is because there was a coin flip and they made a, a production out of it it was candidly the best thing i've ever seen in my entire life so here's what they did they put a let's stage. set this up though so the coin flip has to happen because it determines what order teams pick in in certain situations when, when they're all tied, the tie when the tie breakers are, are done yes so it was the 14th pick of the 15th pick, and it was either going to be Minnesota or Indianapolis getting the 14th pick. However, Minneapolis had shipped that pick, so to, the pick. to the Eagles. Yeah. So they put a stage in the middle of the Indianapolis Convention Center. They had Andrew Siciliano host. They invited fans, and they put all three GMs. Rick Spielman was there despite having no interest in this pick. So it was Ballard from the Colts, Roseman, Rosen from the Eagles, and and Spielman from the Vikings. And, and Spielman was there. He has no no interest. Okay, so uh, so they they stand there, and Siciliano is hamming it up. Roseman's into it. Ballard is so new that he's uncomfortable with the whole thing. Rick Spielman just aggressively against this entire idea. Twice says, "I just want to flip the coin because we need to go see the prospects in, in front of the fans, in front of the microphones. I presumably live on NFL Network. It was." The the, uh, the the greatest act of defiance in NFL history from a GM. He just kept saying, like, I really, I really want to leave. Like, it was awesome. And so they had Will Shields flip the coin. Why? Because this was the greatest production in the history of sports. And then, oh, and then I'm they so did, glad I wasn't there. Chris Ballard also said he wanted to leave. Everyone said they wanted to leave except Howie Roseman, who, who was he, he Howie Roseman presumably liked this whole thing because. He got to stand on stage and remind everyone he got the 14th pick. That's exactly why he liked it. So the quote to us goes, Roseman wins. And Roseman does like a very great mock fist pump. It was awesome. Doug Peterson was there. He was in attendance. This reminds me of the Friday Night Lights scene where they tell Coach Taylor, like, we, we want you to say heads. Yeah. Like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, important. yeah. Like, we, we, yeah. They're kidding, but they're not really kidding. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was awesome. Oh, it was great. phenomenal. The NFL combine. And now my idea is that instead of tiebreakers, like, you know, strength of schedule, strength of victory, strength of loss, whatever it is, they should just do this for every team with, with a similar record, the same record. So if two teams are two and 14, I need a coin toss at the combine. Oh, so there's no other tiebreakers. Strength of schedule, none of that stuff should matter. No, throw it out. Siciliano, <laughs> the GMs, uh. an unrelated Hall of Famer. Will Shields said totally unrelated. To Never played for either of these teams. He doesn't even. He doesn't work for the NFL Network. Like, why in any way is Will Shields involved in this? Well, I also they should just have other sports Hall of Famers. 
Like Craig, yeah, bring in Craig Biggio or something. Rick Barry. He's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. flipping the coin. <laughs> yeah, Mario Lemieux. Brought in Lemieux for this. Oh, just man. like a, a Texans-Titans tiebreaker. The weird pageantry of it all this year is so bizarre. I'm sitting there trying to listen to, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was like Juju Schuster-Smith or something. Just like He's at the podium. And I can't hear what he's saying because the crowd is cheering so loud on the other side of the convention center hall at the bench press. It's so weird. It's just so different from any other year. I can't even get my mind around it yet. And the fact that all the guys are talking at the podiums at the same time is just annoying. I don't know. Speaking of pageantry, I saw Davis Webb throwing the ball in a convention center hallway about 30 minutes ago. He was my favorite moment of the day. I heard about Davis that. Webb. Tell us why. A one-year Cal quarterback, previously at Texas Tech. He was at the podium. They were talking. A lot of questions about his path and everything else. And a reporter asked, did you think there was ever a moment where you wouldn't be in this situation because it was kind of roundabout? And Davis Webb's response, and he was a little too, like, I don't give a shit about any of this the whole time, but he really capped it off at the end with that answer. Sounds answering, like us. Answering that question saying, <laughs> Welcome to the ring of Davis Webb. <laughs> Did you, you, never, you think you ever have a problem getting here? His response, I've always been 6'5", 230 pounds, and I can throw it better than anybody. <laughs> So no, he was not worried that he would get here. First of all, I think that some people, when that gets a little bit of traction, which I assume it will, are going to over like, oh man, I can't believe I loved it. I was like, fuck yeah, you do you, man. I love this. Wow. It was Um, great. I've always been 6'5", 230 pounds. Is that true though? I don't think he always has been. (laughs) Benjamin Button situation. (laughs) He's getting shorter. shorter, Five years, he's going to be Russell Wilson's height. I mean, may take longer than that. Wilson's pretty <laughs> short. Um, all right. So it was interesting because I watched the top quarterbacks, uh, Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Um, Mitchell. So, Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, changed his name. Get that shit right. He's off my board now. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. Um, also, just found out that there's no N in Trubisky. I was nope. putting Trubinsky there. I, I typed it that way twice today. Yeah. I also have never spelled Garoppolo correctly. Never in my life. I have to look it up every time. It's one of those names, Garoppolo Schwarzenegger. There's some names I just cannot spell. Mm. And I guess Mitchell Trubinsky Copy is another one of them. Copy beautiful thing. Um, I thought that the quarterbacks were all extremely boring. Deshaun Watson had to clarify that he would, in fact, play for the Browns, which is I found funny. He made some joke last month about wanting to play for the Cowboys at a at a dinner in Dallas. He, I was there when he told that story. It's just so ridiculous that this is a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's the Browns. You have to clarify that you would play there. That's fair. Miles Garrett has pretty much said he would not like to. So Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe at 12. Um, who's, <laughs> your, who's, your, who's your top quarterback right now? I don't know, man. I, I'm not even going to pretend like I've watched enough, or even if I did watch enough, that I could parse the differences between them. Like, this guy's going to be better. I'm done playing that game. I, I am not a talent evaluator. Okay. I know things I like. I know that I may have preferences, but... There's just no sense in being like, ah, I'm going to break down quarterback mechanics. The NFL teams fuck it up 40% of the time. 40%? I mean, they get it right 40% of the time, probably less. Less. I mean, yeah. So I don't know. It just um, doesn't make sense to me to pretend like in the 10 minutes of YouTube clips I've watched of these people, be like, oh, yeah. No, I know. I'm locked into this guy. Let's talk about the running backs. They worked out today. It, that was the day. I mean, that, that was the news of the day in terms of the actual on-field stuff. And feel like it started with Fournette's vertical leap. Like that was the first kind of thing that trickled out in the day. It's like 28 and a half. If you could call it a leap. Yeah, it was a hop. It was a vertical hop. Yeah. And so that was the first question. It's like, oh, he's way too, way too 40. And then he jumps this. And then he runs a 4, 5, 140. None of it matters. I think it does matter. I think there's, there's a debate 
obviously in the NFL, about what combine drills matter. And there's the old school sort of 40 yard dash, you know, 20 yard. There's the, you know, this idea of the running, the running 40, whatever it is. For me, I'm still really into explosion. Now, Alvin Kamara won the vertical and broad jump today. Uh, Fournette not only had a 28-inch vertical, he declined to do the broad jump. McCaffrey had a pretty good broad jump, had an incredible three-cone. Um, yeah, he had sec- second best second ones best, in 03, right? Second best among running backs in 03. Yeah. If I were to follow my explosion theory to its logical conclusion, I would rather have McCaffrey or Kamara on my roster than Leonard Fournette, especially when you consider how high Fournette's going to go. Maybe he's going to go to Carolina at 10. I would, I would not want to take the 10th pick. To and, me, it's about what you're doing. I mean, having a nice three cones, I mean, if you're doing certain types of stuff in, in the sport, like as a corner, I would like you to do that. If you were going to be running a lot of routes, change of direction is important. Leonard Fournette's just a big guy who runs fast. Uh, it, well, he didn't a, do the three cone yet, did he? Well, it doesn't. I'm, yeah. Either way, I'm just saying that I. It's not. I think it depends on your scheme. I think it depends on what you want from them. Christian McCaffrey is never going to be a guy you're going to give the ball to 20 times a game. And, well, I think you can move him around. You know, sure. he's going to play slot. He'll he's touch play the ball X. a lot, but he's not going to get 20 touch carries. The ball a lot. I mean, you know, we had this debate a little earlier in the media room. Danny Kelly and, and I were talking about it, and I think we fundamentally disagree. He said he would start thinking of McCaffrey at 25, I would go a little earlier. I'd go at maybe 16 or 17. Watching him catch the ball today was really impressive. And again, I'm not a college, I don't watch a ton of college football. I know of him. I know that he has a diversified skill set. Watching him catch the ball and how effortless it is, is pretty fun. Yeah, no, I I, I think so. I mean, the Fournette thing, I just think that it's it's a little worrying. That's all. It's a little worrying. he, He also, by the way, has not shown much in the way of passing. passing He does not catch the ball very easily. He does not catch the ball. I mean, I think Dalvin Cook is a much better option. Dalvin Cook tested out well today. Mm-hmm. This guy, TJ Logan, um, ran the fastest 40 among the running backs. He's from North Carolina. Why did North Carolina go 8-5 and five last year? Trubinsky said today they had seven guys here. I was like, what? what? How did they, they not win like every game? 2001 Miami <laughs> Exactly. Or I was like, seven guys? That's amazing. How is this team not better? They have seven NFL players. There was a, uh, it was really funny. When I, I was with, uh, doing a story on Jarvis Landry in, in December. And one of the things I saw was, you know, there was uh, the, the Dolphins and the Giants played each other uh, a couple years ago. And Odell and Jarvis were just going back and forth with great plays. Yeah. And they were obviously college teammates at LSU. And Matt Moore went up to Jarvis Landry, like in the middle of all this, and said, "How the fuck did you guys lose a game?" That's one of my favorite things. Yeah, that, that team, and it's not when you just look at those two. They had Jeremy Hill, yeah. Alfred Blue, Trey Turner, Lyle Collins. It the the answer is not that complicated. It's, it's Les Miles. It's Cam Cameron and Les Miles and Zach yeah. Mettenberger. I mean, that's that's your answer. It's not that complicated. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's 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 really interesting to me um, when you reverse engineer and you see all of these different these teams and you really start to wonder who the hell is coaching these guys. And you look at the defense too. They had um, they were young on the on the front four. I actually talked to their defensive line coach because I was considering writing about this. Yeah. So I talked to one of those guys. We were young on the front four, but everywhere else, Jalen Collins was on that team. They had Quan Alexander was on that team. They had so many NFL players. It was absolutely insane. What do you think about Fortnite? First of all, I, I, I don't know your philosophy on this yet. 
would you where do you draw the line as far as taking a running back in the first round would you if you were the carolina panthers take him with your, with your top pick take, take a any running back cook or fournette yes i think if i'm carolina i would based on just the offense that they have yeah i think that is because that's how they're built i would it depends on to me it's situational it's about scheme it's about who else you have taking zeke when you're dallas i understood the argument against it i still think the argument against it is why it's hard to evaluate as a choice he did very well, but he was always going to do very well. So it's right. just tough to kind of parse, is this, was it the right move? Did they get value for it? I don't even know if you know the answer to that yet. He's a good player, right. but yeah, it, it's he would be. To me. It's in, of course he would. Right. It, it, it's interesting to me. Obviously, Ezekiel was great. And, you know. He was a, always going to be. Around, like, around draft time, we talked about this. And I said, as a short-term solution, Ezekiel is a phenomenal pick. I would have picked Jalen Ramsey. Sure. Now I have people coming in my mentions and even some Cowboys fans who are actually supportive of this idea that they should have taken Ramsey and then taken a Jordan Howard somewhere second, third round. Yeah, he went the fifth round. Right. I mean, that's Just the thing. You could find a guy. Don't take the guy with the fourth overall pick. And now, don't I don't want anyone to frame this as I think Ezekiel was a, Ezekiel was a bad pick. He was obviously a phenomenal pick. From a team-building perspective, I think there were a bunch of different paths you could go to that, that would all work. I, mean, I said it last year when it happened. I don't know if it's the right move value-wise, but it's going to be fun as hell. Yep. And it was. I mean, that was, in my mind, there was no doubt that that was going to be the eventual outcome, again, in the short term, like you said. But when it comes to those other guys, I don't know. I, I think that there are teams for which I would do that. It's hard for me. It depends on who else is available. You know, there are, it's apparently a deep draft. There's apparently a lot of defensive line guys, stuff like that. I still feel like with a top 10 pick, it's easier to draft a pass rusher or this or that than it is to draft a running back. Because it's the same kind of deal we see in free agency. I mean, Le'Veon Bell got the franchise tag. That is, I wouldn't give it to many other running backs. You know what I'm saying? I think he's rare. I think he's a special talent that transcends the position in a weird way, in a way that guys like even Leonard Fournette can't. It doesn't matter how good of a running back Leonard Fournette is. He's not going to be as valuable as Le'Veon Bell for like six reasons. The way Bell runs, how good of a receiver he is. It's very hard to be that sort of foundational piece as a running back. It, the path to get there is really difficult. And I just don't know how many guys are actually that good. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I also think, you know, the, the shelf life is an interesting thing to me because I, we've talked about this before, but you even look at the Cowboys last year with Elliott, they didn't know Dak Prescott was going to be the starting quarterback. They no. thought it was going to be Tony Romo, so they yeah. thought they had to maximize their offense now. And that's part of the reason they did it is we have a short shelf life. So if Zeke Elliott's only at his pinnacle for three or four years, that's fine. I think if they knew if someone had tapped him on the shoulder and said, by the way, Romo's going to get hurt and you're going to find another franchise guy in what the fourth round, and you're going to be able to build with him for the next decade. Yeah. Maybe you do take a Jalen Ramsey. So here's the thing though. I don't know if Dak Prescott is Dak Prescott without Ezekiel Elliott. Oh my God. This is unbelievable. What? It's like no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like we're in a wormhole here. It's like that. It's uh... that's how it always is, though. I mean, when I wrote about that on Thanksgiving, when Dak had that game on Thanksgiving, yeah. that was exactly what I wrote about. You can't extricate yourself like these things. You cannot separate them. There's no way to isolate them individually because they don't exist individually. Every single piece is interconnected in a way that the entire thing falls apart if you take out one block. I mean, it's a big game of Jenga. And that's the problem with doing this. It's hard to say in a vacuum, here's the value of a running back. Because running backs are have different values for different offenses and different guys give you different sorts of value. You can't play this game with Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette because they're two completely different players. Yeah. 
I mean, that, that's the issue here, and it's one we're going to talk about all the way through this draft because of the running backs, because of how many there are, because of how much perceived value there is. This conversation is going to dominate the next month more than probably anything except the quarterbacks. Jordan Howard didn't even work out at the combine last year. He was hurt, I believe. Looking for some of his numbers. Yeah, he did not run. And I don't, I have no idea how fast he is now. I bet he would run a four, five, eight, forty, like right at this moment. And I don't care. He's really good. <laughs> He's really freaking good. I, I knew that from the, I loved him so much in college. I was thrilled when they got him. When he was started slipping, I was like, absolutely take that, dude. I watched him all the time in Indiana. That's I watched a weird amount of Indiana football. Moving on. Um, One of my best high school friends was the backup quarterback there. So I watched it with him. So I don't watch much college football. I've watched a lot of Indiana games in recent years. Very bizarre. Offensive lineman worked out today. Any truth to the rumor that you just broke in and you were arrested? I worked out. Work out? Yeah, Under yeah, yeah. a pseudonym. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you just got out of jail from illegally breaking in. My name is Taco Charlton. Watching from the field. I know he's not on offensive line. How much would you have paid to go see the offensive lineman work out? Because media, by the way, none. No, I think no, you would have. No, I don't care about news. that stuff. Yes, I don't do. care about that stuff. I would I would enjoy going and watching the individual drills in like the senior bowl. Like that kind of stuff. One-on-ones, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Watching them jump around. I do like the mirror drill. I think it's fun. When they the guy just like dances back and forth. I enjoy that part. That's really the only one I like though. I don't know what you're talking about because I've never actually viewed an offensive line workout. One guy stand they stand on either side of one line. It's about five, probably with about five, six yards. And the defender just runs back and forth and like jukes, and the offensive line has to stay in front of him. So this is called the mirror drill. That's all it is. It's exciting. It's it's actually kind of hypnotizing. I, I was watching it on TV and I was like, this is not bad. It was the second coolest. And most uh, hypnotizing again because I'm I don't have any other words. Thing that I saw on the internet today, aside from Bill Belichick eating that potato chip, that was number one. Belichick really swooped in here late. He was at the Celtics game two nights ago. He, why would he care? He's, he's fine. He's here for the three cone. <laughs> he loves the three cone. He's here for the three. The cone only person in else. America who loves the three cone more than Bill Belichick is you. <laughs> well, I love. I know. I I love all explosive drills. He just likes the three cone. That's not explosive drill. It's a change of direction drill. No, that 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 measures explosion. That's in the formula. Mm. That's in the formula. Sources right. say. All right. Sources sources close to good teams who I'd value say, the same drills I value. It's overall athleticism. Yeah. Yeah. Get the forty out of here. Get Leonard Fournette out of here. He's off my board. He and Mitchell Trubisky. I do like the forty for running backs. I think that it's good. To me, it's not that I like it. I don't think it's necessarily an indicator of success. I think that that is a drill that there is a bar. If you don't get over yeah. this thing, no thank you. The 40 eliminates people. That's exactly what, yes. That, and that's in my mind, watching him run a 4 5 one, It's just like, okay. He's fine. Like when you watch him play football and then you watch him do that, that's fine. Like I'm good. I would feel okay with that guy. Zeke ran, I think, a 4 4 5 last year. Yeah, good. You know, like that's very good for a big man. And Zeke Elliott is not a small man. No, he's not. He's two twenty-five at the combine last yeah, year. Yeah, and then so Barnwell used to do this thing in Football Outsiders called speed score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's just essentially you have the, all these factors, and it's just a height, weight, speed measurement. That because forty Leonard Fournette's two hundred forty pounds. Yeah. You know, a guy that's two twenty is going to be faster. So it's kind of taking out the size element of it and factoring it in. And Leonard Fournette had the best speed score in this class by far. So that's the thing. He ran a four five one, but his four five one is better than everyone else's four five one. So the last thing I think, or the one, the, the next thing I want to touch on here, did you see the Ian Rappaport report about Romo? About Romo, I did. What's, what if what if it happened? 
So just laying okay, this out so here. Okay, so lay this out. There, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, intrepid reporter, has reported that there's there's some talk of a Redskins and 49ers deal for Kirk Cousins, and that that talk is including additional talk that those two teams may include the Cowboys in this three-way deal in which the 49ers get Romo, excuse me, the 49ers get Cousins, the Redskins get Romo, and the Cowboys get draft picks. First of all, this is going to lead to the creation of a trade machine in the NFL. It'd be so incredible. This right here is the trade machine. I I don't think it's going to happen only because it's so complicated. And all it takes is one. And this is the reason all three team deals, you know, two team deals fall about fall apart all the time because there, there are many, one, there are one, more one, trades in the NFL now than there used to be. There still aren't very many, but also so many of them fall apart at the last second between two teams and even more fall apart over three teams, especially in the NBA or baseball. Oh, we don't want to trade this guy. Oh, this guy's having cold feet. And so I, I just can't imagine that all three teams, this is such a career-defining thing. If you're John Lynch, this could ruin your career, man. Um, I have, if you're I, Jason Garrett, this could ruin your career. If you're whoever runs the Redskins. We have no idea. It's me. <laughs> you've I'm done an all right Redskins. job, man. Yeah. I, I don't hate the word. Whoever you've done. runs the Redskins. Is it possible that the, the, the Redskins, just because they don't, the, the, no one's running them right now, that these teams are just calling the Redskins and they're not returning their calls? And, yeah. And then they're just making up trades? Totally. That, that's yeah. Maybe just like a person in the office. Maybe yeah, like yeah, some yeah. executive assistant Her, is answering Her the phone. Cousins is pretending to be the GM and is just like offering oh, himself to teams. Just screaming you like that at John yeah. Lynch yeah, when yeah, he offers yeah, him a yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I would, you know, yeah. you know, you're talking about Kirk, like, Oh, the second round pick. You like that? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, I just think it's funny. I mean, I, we have no idea if you if you if you read the reports out of Washington right now, who is who is running the Redskins, and that's what's fascinating about a potential three way deal. I have two questions about that trade. Okay. One, if you're Dallas, why in God's name would you trade Romo to Washington? Um, if they if if you get some really really good picks, I don't even know if that's enough. You're gonna automatically give a so, better quarterback than the one you currently have. There to was a, team a in your there was a uh, in a uh, over the hill NFC East quarterback who made his way to Washington just a few years ago by the name of Donovan McNabb. Tony Romo is gonna be better in five years than Donovan McNabb was. So I I'm talking from a Washington perspective. I don't know, man. I've seen it. Oh God, that'd be horrible. My other question is, what if if you're San Francisco, what would you give up for Cousins? Second round pick. You would not trade the second overall pick for him. No, I wouldn't either. Probably. No, yeah, but he's also going to be available next year. Yeah, and San Francisco's not in a hurry. John Lynch has a seventeen-year contract. Six-year contract. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason for them to be antsy about it. But if you're, I was actually going to ask Shanahan this, and I kind of. Got frustrated and walked away, but was you get frustrated over? Oh, just like every people, other people asking questions. I didn't want to like butt in. Just, I'm not. This is merely a curiosity thing. I understand that they can be patient, right? Yeah, six years, whatever. If you're Cal Shanahan, you're an offensive coach. You're the, you're the head coach, and you're part of the decision making and evaluation processes. That's fine. But you're also at your core an offensive coordinator, a quarterback guy. 
do you have some urgency about like I need my guy? Like I need the guy. I assume that's in his mind just as a the way he coaches football and what he's interested in. He I'm, if you if you're being prudent, you kind of push that down. But I can imagine that that voice is in his head. It's interesting. Josh McDaniel tried to trade for Matt Castle when he took over in Denver. Yeah, and that led to. It led to my team getting Jay Cutler. It led to a it led to Robert's life being significantly worse than it was uh, before. Yeah, fuck you, Josh. Um, no, it led to a conference call. I, I want to get this right. It led to a conference call between like Pat Bowlen, Cutler, and McDaniel to try to clear the air, and the conference call just made things way worse. Oh after, yeah. After Castle went to Kansas City, and so everyone knew that Denver was trying to trade for him. Cutler was already there. You know, it doesn't take much for Cutler to get bemused in the first place you don't say and and so it led to that so and and then what the the reaction to that was they drafted tim tebow and that was sort of an ego thing as well that was not just okay i built this guy in castle now i'm gonna take him it was also i'm gonna build this fucking tebow guy who can't throw and i'm gonna make him an nfl player and i think there's an element with shanahan that either would satisfy him he would either take a Kirk Cousins and say, I helped this guy get where he is. Now he's my guy. But those guys also want to create. They want to take a, a, a Davis Webb in the third round and say, all right, let's see what we can do with this guy. He's got the tools. Yeah. And no, I, I agree with you. I think they do want to create. It's just a matter of, do you genuinely think Davis guy is Davis guy? Davis Webb is your guy. Who's Davis guy? I'm not sure. He's probably a golfer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Davis guy, the third, um, I, it's, I, yes, I, I, I think it's, I think it's a type of thing where you just take the guys who have, who have the earmarks of success. That's arm strength. That's some accuracy. Sure. I mean, I just think you can take Kirk cousins was third round pick, fourth round pick, third round pick, third round pick. And, and so I just think you can. I think you can find a guy in the draft who you think has the raw tools that you can build. Sure. Into. Here's my. Here's they my... want to lose next year. Yes. So here's my question: The Browns, what they did last year with signing Griffin and drafting Cody Kessler and Kevin Hogan, great tank job. Under no circumstances do I think Hugh Jackson looked at Cody Kessler and was like, "This is my dude. Like, this is the guy I'm going to hitch my wagon to for the next five years." And my question is: Are is San Francisco going to do the same thing? Are they going to get a couple options in free agency late in the draft? Where we'll play with this for now because we're not in a hurry, yeah. but these aren't our guys. Yeah, that's, that's my like, that's my question. That's what they're gonna do. And then you take a Maybe. flyer on a guy in the fourth round and you say, I can build this guy. And you know, and, and you just see what happens. It's a low risk, high reward thing. That makes sense. I could see that. All right, buddy, we're out of time. This was fun. We will uh we'll be back next week. You know, this is our last one of these for the week from Indy. We're not gonna do them on the weekend. So we're gonna be back on Monday with some few final combine thoughts some free agency preview stuff and we'll talk to you guys then some people still don't get podcasts what's out there and how to listen you can help change that with a click right now think of something you care about what podcast would they really love got it Now do it. Hit the share button on the bottom left of your screen. If they don't know how to listen, offer to show them how. Tell us what you shared with the hashtag tripod, T-R-Y-P-O-D. Thanks for spreading the word.